I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. How have I been successful in life? Welcome to another edition of the MMA Analysis Podcast. Yo soy Brad. Yeah? So that means I am Brad, right? In the because we're going to, to Mexico town, Mexico City for this card. Elevation. We're up at elevation this week. Very important. Um, no fatties at elevation is kind sad. of sad. It's very sad, Sean. I'm uh, I'm a little disappointed, but we had some good fights last week. We've got a couple of really good fights this week, and then the rest of the card is also happening. Uh, but how are you doing, sir? Doing well. It's a good start to the year, so I'm assuming that starts to turn soon uh, for the old gambling on the UFC. You're back, you're back. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's been good. Um, I'm not absolutely freezing in February, so that's a bonus because that's normally when that happens. Um, so yeah, just uh, living some dad life, trying to survive and. Uh, yeah, watch the fights uh, every Saturday. Most Saturdays. Most Saturdays. And yeah, most. We don't watch them all. <laughs> let's not get great. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's keep things in perspective here. We're still in 2024, folks. Um, as I said, though, good card last week. We'll, we'll go through some of that. Um, and then we'll get into the, uh, the UFC Mexico. Um, but first... Massive sports news. The New York Riptide moving to Ottawa to become the Ottawa Black Bears. Is that if they announced it? Have they announced that's what the name's going to be? I I think that's what they announced. It's a shitty name. But it's Ottawa, so like it's always got to be red and black for some reason. Yeah. I don't get that shit. Um, Anyway, they could have done a lot of things, but. Hey, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. One of the, uh, I guess it's kind of shitty because you want to be in New York if you're like a, a real sports league, but the NLL isn't. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, what's field hockey? What's field hockey? Just yeah, um, they're the only New York team, I would assume, right? Like, yes. Not a, yeah. Uh, just lacrosse wasn't working there. They like too much other kinds of lacrosse why like i know they were getting punted from their their stadium but yeah Um, around the stadium no they probably could have but it's just like never it used to be really popular back in like the 80s and 90s in new york Uh, they had one of like the original teams they used to draw like fifteen thousand people and then I don't know, just sort of dropped off. They're more into the the outdoor lacrosses, and then they've got a billion teams in every league, and just not something that's a, a priority there. Kind of like for the UFC, uh, making good fights, not a priority anymore. <laughs> but there was an exception last week. Featherweight title, UFC 298, Ilya Tapuria. 
that is some of the realest punching power that I've seen in a minute, Sean. That dude can crack. Yeah, he uh, he did the thing. Uh, he was gonna look like a dumbass if if he didn't with with kind of what how he was talking. But I don't know that that confidence, that self belief, that can take you a, a good ways. And and when you have some skills, it's a it's a pretty deadly combination. Um, I was pretty big on him. Uh, it's it's kind of always tough when when these kind of younger guys come along and and they get put in these title fights, especially when they're not super tested before that. And, you know, it, it happens from time to time, especially in this day and age in the UFC when they need, they need to make fights. They they have to keep the butter churning. Um, but he he did the damn thing. Good on Volk for, you know, playing up the, the old mesh stick. It, it made it more interesting than I think any other Volkanovski fight week. He, he got to show some personality. Unfortunately, came off, came on on the losing end there. Um, but yeah, it's it's awesome to see. Um, he is a very big deal. It's it's he's not a big deal in North America because you know everybody's pretty pretty uh, localized to to you know American fighters. I guess I can't even say Canadian fighters, but uh, just just you know English speakers and stuff like that. But he's a big fucking deal uh, over in Spain and, and Georgia. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool to see a, a guy like that uh, do the damn thing against a pound for pound great fighter. He's the man to finally unite Western and Eastern Europe. Georgia and Spain. It. Yeah, it's gonna bring prosperity to all the lands. Um, interesting to see what he does next. Uh, so long, like, I know he's going to be that kind of dork that's like, oh, I want to go up to 155, and then I'm going to go up to 170, and uh, like, you know he's going to be one of those guys, just because that's who he is, but I hope he sticks around, and he fights a bunch of guys at Featherweight, because I think there's a lot of interesting fights for him there, and... It's all fresh, be- because he, he yeah. hasn't fought a bunch of these guys in the top five because you know they were already matched up and they were injured and stuff like that so there's a a bunch of really good matchups uh you know max come back down after the, the bmf and and the winner of you know the the co-main, co-main event this this saturday those are all awesome awesome fights so i hope it's those certainly sorry for the little glitch there i turned off the the vpn the lacrosse is oh, over heartbreak Heartbreak City, Sean. Damn. There can be only one Highlander, and they roll on. Um, what's next? Volk? Break? Big, long break? Big, 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 long break? It's tough, because last time he's like, well, I don't know what to do with myself. I need to get back in there. I have to fight and stuff like that. But he should obviously take a good amount of time, at least hopefully six months. Um, let that brain rest up, because... Who knows how many, you know, big fights he has left in him. Uh, as we know, lower weight classes, weight classes is, is brutal as you age. Um, he did get a nice pay increase, uh, for taking that shitty last minute fight against, uh, mac and cheese. So, uh, take some time off, rest up, rest that brain and, uh, come back and, and crush somebody that's not mac and cheese or tapuria. <laughs> 
Was that uh, bump in pay just for the one fight, or did that carry over to this fight as well? What did you get? Like seven fifty for this? Seven fifty. Yeah. I would assume it feels like that it's that's not. just. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot for UFC. Know. It doesn't feel like it's a lot for. No, he he was he was a pound for pound number one or number two, and yeah, he was making seven fifty. I mean, that is is what it is. Um, maybe he got some pay per view points. Who knows how well this uh the pay per view sold? Uh, well. but he, he, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunately we don't really get the disclosed payouts in anywhere but basically California anymore. So we won't know if all of a sudden because he's not the champ, it's you know he's back down to like three hundred grand or something like that a fight. Um, but yeah, he needs to rest up and give us another uh, a couple of good fights and and maybe that's it. Yes, sir. Uh, co-main event, middleweight division. This was a pretty fun one as well. So one thing I don't like, and we've talked about this before and me not liking it, the calf kicks. Sean, we know I'm not a fan of the calf kicks, uh, unless, of course, I bet on a guy who's going to use the calf kicks, and that's an essential obviously. part of the strategy. Um, obviously. Uh, but every fight even fights between good fighters are just turning into calf kicking contests now and it's honestly not fun to watch like i don't want to watch a fight where 30 seconds into the fight the both That's fighters awesome. can't walk like that's not entertaining <laughs> It just reduces the amount, like, especially if they're like strikers, it, it really just reduces the amount of chance there is that they're going to get a knockdown knockout because they can't generate as much power. They can't plant near as good on, on a foot that got kicked a couple times. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, there were some good check checks in that, uh, in that fight. So I don't know. Unfortunately, with lower level fighters, I just don't think they have the skills to check kicks. That's a good way to fucking stop somebody from kicking you. Like it, it's it's tough to do, but there are some some guys out there that can check some some calf kicks, and and guys will stop doing it. So, yeah. unfortunately, the the calf kicks are leading the way, and the checks are are trailing far behind. But hopefully, they can catch up soon, and and maybe we won't see as much of it. Hopefully, we can only dream because and Rogan. With the calf kick is more important than a jab. Bullshit. Like I gotta be honest, I you it's been a while. No, I <laughs> so. it's been a while since I've watched a fight with commentary on. Because like usually I'm doing shit nowadays, like now and stuff like that. Like I just have no use for for commentary. I'll just watch it. Would I rather have you know an option to just not have commentary and give me the sounds of the octagon of course but that's not really a thing so i uh i just have it on mute and don't have to listen to the dumb shit that either dom cruz is talking about cuts rogan's talking about calf kicks it's bad it's fucking bad uh on this co-main event fight i i'm the absolute whitaker mush because i have got like Six straight fights wrong, betting on his fights, all of them except one betting against him. I thought he was done. The dude's still very good. Like, he he might be degrading a bit. I don't know what the fuck happened in that DDP fight. 
I feel like if he fought like he did against Whitaker or against Costa, that would be a much closer fight. I don't know. He just had a bad night. Um, because he looked good. Pretty good. I mean, he was getting up there in age and, and damage, but he looked pretty good. I know Costa caught him with a wheel kick, but other than that, like, he was, he was kind of beating him fairly handedly, other than, you know, Costa every once in a while throwing out the jab and, and maybe landing a hammer every once in a while, but Whitaker's still good. Costa's still fun. Hopefully we get to see Costa fight more uh, because I, I want to see him fight lesser guys and just absolute meathead thrash guys. He's uh, he's been fighting the upper echelon. Let's let's give him a, a step to a step or two down and, and let him do some violent shit. I just went to our, our champion predictions because I was like, who did I pick for middleweight mm-hmm. uh, for this year? I, and apparently nobody. Um, so I'll pick oh. Whitaker. Now, yeah, that was that was one of mine that I, I I trailed off. I wasn't listening or something like that, and didn't write it down. But I will. It's I will quite go possible back. that I, I was on the PEDs for that podcast, and we're all on the PEDs. Pick anything, so uh, yeah, that, that'll yeah. happen. Steve, yeah. I knew you would di- be disappointed by Wes's absence, um, so I I brought an Earl Grey Porter. Because I know you Brits love your tea, um, so I'm gonna drink that next uh, to help soothe the soul. All right, that one's that one's for you, mate, chap. Um, anyway, yeah, that was a fun fight. Felt uh, felt good about the Costa KO for about half a second, and then Whitaker was just like, "Oh, actually, I'm somehow okay." Um, should have just done it like I don't know thirty seconds sooner and and made it gets there, but uh, that's yeah. that's called timing. Speaking of the next fight, Ian Gary split decision over Jeff Neal. Um, honestly, I didn't hate this. Like the third round was, I that might have given me eye cancer. I don't know, <laughs> it's possible. Uh, but I didn't hate the rest of the fight from Gary. Uh, I thought he did some pretty good stuff. Uh, it was certainly the most impressed with him that I've ever been. Uh, I don't know that, like, I don't like him. He's a very unlikable human being, a uh, very punchable face, uh, very like too tall. Uh, as you know, I, how I feel about those guys. I uh, got some of those tendencies too. It's, it's going to get him one of these days, but as far as Ian Gary fights go, I thought it, he looked pretty good. He did what he had to in a fight against a, a fairly big puncher and a guy that's not really going to take him down. That He did what he had to. He had to stick and move and, and throw kicks to the body and, and knees up the middle, and he looked all right doing it. Uh, I would I took him, him and over one and a half in the same game parlay. Uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty nice because Jeff Neal is a tough bastard. Um the real test is going to be when he fights a grappler. That's that's what I want to see. Um, I think he does well against strictly strikers, but the big test is going to be once he gets closer to somebody who actually has a, a competent grappling game, and then we'll see what he can do because yeah, he's been taken down by some lesser guys. So if if he's getting you know inside the top five, we'll see how that goes. I know we called out Kobe Covington. 
a bit of a weird fight. Like I get the upside because Covington is sort of he is a known guy, but stylistically, like I he just assumes he's going to stop those takedowns. Like that could be very bad for him. That could be bad for him, even if he does stuff some of the takedowns. If Covington just puts a shitload of volume on him, yeah. And I don't know. And who, who knows what Colby is after after seeing him in that Edwards fight, but um, pace and wrestling, that doesn't sound like something that uh, that Gary's going to be able to deal with. So I guess we'll see if that fight comes about. We shall see indeed. We will also see if this news machine title fight will come about. Because O'Malley is... Trying his best to be his Omuki self and dodge that fight. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna try and absolutely anything he can to weasel his way out of that one. Um, the snooze machine comes for us all, buddy, and it's coming for him next, Sean. I, I just don't know how you can duck him that long, like. He's getting, like, O'Malley's getting the fight that he asked for and that he didn't really deserve. He's he's fighting a guy coming off one win. Um, you got to give it to the snooze machine next. Uh, maybe they're trying to protect O'Malley. I don't know. But the dude is, he's fucking broke MMA. It doesn't make sense. Uh, you got to kill this guy. You got to knock him the fuck out and early on. Because he will drown you. He will drown you with pace. He will drown you with takedowns and trying takedowns. And it's it's not going to be fun. Um, but I will enjoy it if it happens. This one was, was decent. You know, Henry had a good first round. And then the tidal wave came crashing down. And Valashvili made it as kind of exciting as, as he can with his style. And... Yeah, this was uh, this was a a, dec- a a bet for me with with him in a parlay, and you know it, it on the scorecards it doesn't doesn't really tell the whole tale of the story. Um, I, I think Rob is is very good. I think he's inevitable to be the champ. Yeah, Sahuda looked good in the uh, the first round here. Um, I'm not sure if you were looking at live lines uh, during this at all, but it was, it was even money after round one. Um, And I think even towards the end of round one, you could already start to see what was coming. Um, Crazy. Uh, But Cejudo is a very good MMA fighter who didn't have to, but took some years off in, you know, the back end of his prime as a flyweight bantamweight and now just isn't what he used to be, but is still quite competitive. Um, But he's going to retire again or something. Who knows? Anyway, uh, he'll be back when he wants some more money. Just a little bit. Middleweight division. A little bit. Fluffy. Round two. Rear naked choke over the copy pop. Good stuff from Fluffy. He really fluffied him up in this one. It was fun. Enjoys what he does. He's uh, he has fun in there. Um, I don't think Kopilov looked terrible. It's just that is 
kind of a hole, and Fluffy is very, very good at what he does. So I don't know if we'll get some some decent prices after that performance against some strikers, but Coffee Love is still good against strikers, and Fluffy is very fucking good. Um, I don't know what what he's got to get a step up. Yeah, I don't know who. I know that I think that like this is the last minute switch. I forget who he was supposed to fight, but um, yeah, he's got to get like a top, you know, seven fighter. Especially this, you know, who's class. ranked just ahead of him at middleweight right now. Who Craig Berju. Berju is fighting Brendan Allen. Or no, he fought Brendan Allen. Who the fuck is Paul Craig fighting? It's coming up. He's always fighting. Berju's awesome. Berju fights. Uh he's fighting oh fuck, he's fighting Cal Bohalio. Oh, that dork? On three oh one. He's going into hostile territory and fighting a grappler that probably has better top game than him. You know what? I bet the people in Brazil will probably cheer for the Bear Jew in that one. Because that other dude, Boralio, yeah. Sprayed in the name. He stinks. Nobody likes that guy. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll find somebody for, uh, for Fluffy to fight. Uh, maybe like a, a silly grappling match with, uh, with Doolittle or something like that. Because he just fought, right? Yeah, he just mm-hmm. fought Zimmerboff. Um, yeah, there could be some stuff. We'll see. Anyway, with the uh, the prelims on UFC 298, going through these real quick. Uh, Amanda Lemos, she made a decision over Mackenzie Dern. That was actually kind of fun. Marco Sagerio, decision Lima couldn't get there because Laffy Taffy uh, stinks and fell over because of leg kicks. Rinya Nakamura, unanimous decision over Carlos Vera. Uh, that was like fight straight out of 1997. That was hilarious. Uh, Ming Yang Zhang apparently killed Brenson Ribeiro. Danny Barlow killed Josh Quinlan, perhaps? I don't know. Oban Elliott uh, almost fulfilled the uh, the UK prodigy prophecy of being a fade plant, but we'll have to wait a couple more harvests for that one. And Miranda Maverick decision over Andrea Lee. Anything from the prelims well, Sean? Lemos not getting any 10-8s in that fight is fucking brutal, considering there would have been a lot of refs that would have stopped the fight. And if you're close to stopping a fight and you don't get a 10-8, those jet refs need to be uh, given a smack or two. Uh, yeah, I stayed away. Uh, I, I took Lima by sub. Why sub somebody when you can just calf kick the shit up? Uh, Nakamura, I thought he had skills. He does have skills. He's a very good grappler. It's, he needs to really add, uh, to his game because he's fought back to back guys who I know they're tough, but he hasn't really shown too much advancement in, in finishing ability. And, you know, they are giving him a bit of a a slow roll, but He's he's like almost thirty. Like it's not like he's super young. So he's got to get kind of get get going. Um, some people are excited because this was the first time that a light heavyweight or higher uh, Chinese fighter won in the UFC, which is 
Interesting. Oh, he's future champ then, right? Future champ. Yep. Uh, yeah. Quinlan. Yeah, he was gonna get very, very, very hurt. He already got beat up a bunch, and he got saved, so that's good. Uh, like you said, Elliot is fate plant, and Miranda Rick. Future champ. Future champ. Former Arlay future champ. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. stuff. Yep. Uh, Honestly, I, I can't do, like, starting from the first prelim and, and watching all the way through anymore. I'll hop in somewhere around, like, the first interesting prelim. Uh, so in this one, it was Fatties. Uh, mm-hmm. So I watched that crash and burn. And then, like, the rest of it was all right from there. Uh, don't have six hours, seven hours of, uh, of half Not of when they're delivering this, this trash. Like... Eh. UFC for maybe 10, 15 years ago is a different story. This stuff, they, we just can't reward mediocrity anymore by giving our eyeballs. If something cool has happened, I'll look it up. If not, not happening. He is indeed not the Nakamura that fought <laughs> Vanderlei, the axe murderer, Silva. Uh, congratulations. Um, we just saw Chris Cyborg Santos in drag no. get inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. That's who they showed on the broadcast, right? Uh, that's what Dana thought. <laughs> um, yeah, he was awesome to watch back in the day. And we got like a little bit of the the awesome for people who only ever saw him in the UFC. Like, the Chuck fight, the Brian Stan fight. They had a couple big knockouts in the UFC. Obviously, the R choke. Vondi Classic against Keith Jardine. Um, so deadly. <laughs> legendary moments in the UFC, thanks to, to Vanderlei Silva. And if if you haven't seen it, this is one thing I didn't appreciate a lot about the broadcast. This is one thing I appreciated when they actually encourage people to be like, you know what? Who cares about what we're doing right now? Just go watch old Vanderlei fights because those are fun as hell. He's just a roided out Brazilian kicking Violent. the absolute shit out of a whole bunch of Japanese pro wrestler dudes uh, <laughs> who were all tough as hell. Uh, and then occasionally they would have a big fight and those would be awesome too. And yeah, it was just uh, it was a good time back in those, the early aughts, as we like to call them. To confuse the kids that don't know what aughts mean. Mm. Um, what else? That's it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So this card, Mexico City, elevation. Everyone's gonna gas. Um, it is known. It should be the breakdown for every fight. And we're gonna kick it off in the featherweight division. Muhammad Namov. Did you know that? In Russian no frillses, uh, no frills is a grocery chain up here in Canada. For those of you who yes. don't know, um, they don't have no name, which is the brand they have here in Canada. They have name off. This, yeah, this guy's Muhammad No Name. It's, he's incredible. Did you see that on the the Tucker Carlson show? Is that is that where you found that out there? Yes. Yeah, that's where I get all my information. So they figured. Um, 
this is a big number on Namoff. Uh, I, I, I get it a little bit. Um, he was losing that fight against, uh, Jamie Malarkey and until he, you know, landed a bomb, which, you know, props to him. Um, I don't know if Eric Silva's that good. I probably isn't. He lost to TJ Brown. Um, but this, this could get interesting. Like if, if Namoff can't, if, if, if Eric Silva can, can take him down, it could get interesting. Namoff probably keeps it standing for the most part and, and lands a, a big bomb, uh, and, and gets him out of there. But man, people really be parlaying the old Namoff up to minus 500, minus 600. We're on our way. Like not, not my, uh, cup of tea. Yeah, I don't think I'll be betting this either, but just in the spirit of elevation capping this one, uh, his nickname, Muhammad No Name Of, is Hillman, huh? and he trains in Denver, and he's fighting in Mexico City. That's like the holy trinity uh, of things, so, so obviously he's, he's going to win. He's, he's going to be fine out there. There Sounds- you go. Um, but yeah, if you get out grappled by TJ Brown, uh, I, I don't like your chances in a lot of fights in the UFC. So name off here, but not playing it at that price. Flyweight Victor Altamoreno. He loves getting taken down. He's taken on Felipe Dos Santos, um, who is, he's got to be like the little Dubrooks, right? He, he, Looked good in a loss against Cape. Uh, late notice. We talk about this all the time. It's it's always interesting to see whether they just kind of stepped up to that occasion and then they'll regress to more what they are of a fighter. Or if they actually are decent and this is flyweights and guys are just good at this level. Um, I don't think Victor Altamoreno is, is that good. He does love to get taken down. Is this guy going to take him down? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't watched his regional scenes fights. I can only uh, see what I saw in the, in the Cape fight. Um, should be fun. I can't lay almost three to one on a, on a guy that, yes, he did look good in a loss, but I'd rather watch and see. Uh, and But I hope that dude puts on a show. Uh, yeah, impressive in a loss is always one of the, the red flags, but like Altamarino is also not impressive in his losses or his wins. So, yep. uh, I, I did actually like what I saw out of Dos Santos in his UFC debut. I don't know that I can, I, I might be able to parlay him here. I, I, I might be able to do that. That, that could be fun. Um, but it is a high price. It's a little worrisome when it comes to flyweights. Sticking in the flyweight division, Luis Rodriguez, Dennis Bondar. Um, nothing for me here. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see a guy fighting at one thirty five that is a soft, soft body uh, human being. Um, going by that, I guess I'll pick Bondar, even though he somehow, I know it was an injury. An arm injury, but he lost to Malcolm Gordon. You lose to Malcolm Gordon, you should be untouchable. Does arm injury 
negate that? I guess we'll see. I'll pick Bondar and Intel Master. That is fair. Uh, next up, Claudio Puelesh taking on Fares Zayam, making the French dude fly over to uh, Mexico to take on the Peruvian. Interesting. Yeah, um, Puelesh was was he just shamed into just not fighting for a while and just they made him collect some new skills after that butt scooting he did against uh, old Dan Hooker. Um, I don't know, because he, he hasn't been scheduled for a fight, didn't fight at all in, in 2023, and now he's fighting Ferris Ziam. Um, he was just like, shit, I need to learn how to fight. Let's, yeah. Let's go do that. Are we going to see that? Kind of doubt it. Still think it's well, bar bust. <laughs> after his UFC debut... Um, there was, I think it was the, one of the ultimate fighter finales, uh, mm-hmm. that was November of 2016. Also hilarious that this dude has been in the UFC for fucking eight years. Uh, <laughs> so he fought in November of 2016, fights. uh, and then he didn't fight again until May of 2018. So very similar break in terms of the amount of time that he had off. Uh, and then he went on to win, what, five fights in a row and knee bar the shit out of people. And so now he's going to come back. He's going to have a new trick. Um, it's going to work for a few fights. But remember the time when Dan Hooker was like minus 150 against this dude? I bet Puelas, but I bet him by sub at like some stupid number, I'm pretty sure. But yes, that was... At, at that point, you just laugh. Like, I'm, this is beyond a horrible bet. I just have to laugh when, you're, when your guy is butt He scooting. almost had a couple knee bars and things. Yeah, but fight. Hooker's like, mm. good fighters usually train, uh, especially when a, a guy is a bit of a one-trick pony. And, you know, usually they can get out of that stuff. Turns out he did. Um <laughs> I th- I think the angle is like I know Puelas has a bunch of later round knee bars, but I <laughs> I have a hard time seeing him uh, winning this fight if it gets you know deeper into this fight. I know the the props haven't come out for this one yet, but uh, I think if you you play Puelas, you, you take round one sub or, or something like that uh, because if if Zayam extends it, he's probably going to win. Uh, are we going to see some butt scooting? Probably. Uh, I'll pick them, but I might throw a dart depending how big round one sub is on the playlist. Yeah, you might get a good number there. And for us, Zayam isn't particularly good. Um, so there's that. Uh, I just, yeah. It's not a very good fight. Um, but one of the guys is hilarious to watch fighting. So I hope that Plus didn't get good at fighting because if he just becomes another generic prelim guy, that's way less fun than awful dude who sometimes leg locks people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm cheering for him to still be shitty. Um, We're just about to throw it in the glass. So we'll get there during the trilogy that everybody needed in their lives. 
Edgar Cherez, the chairman, taking on Daniel De Silva Lacerda. Sean. I'm not breaking down this fight. It's been beaten to death. It's canceled. Uh, does that happen? Probably not. There's going to be a wait miss a botch something like that somebody's gonna break a toe walking out to the octagon i don't really care i'm probably still gonna pick lacerda in in Toutmaster because this number is wide and lacerda seems like he has power even though he's not that good well there's a reason i didn't give a weight class for this one that's because lacerda is gonna come in at like 139 and he's just gonna bully the shit out of the chairman Finally, 139 for a flyweight fight. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, Cherez is going to take it because, like, he's he wants to fight in front of the, the Mexican people. He wants to maintain his warrior spirit or, or whatever. Um, so he'll still accept the fight and it'll be the last mistake he ever makes. Um, but seriously, that's. I don't know why they keep booking this same fight, uh, but the price is getting hilariously high on Lacerda, even though he looked like he had no shot the last time these guys fought. Uh, didn't have a 14-pound weight advantage during that one either. So first time for everything, folks. More flyweights. Jesus Aguilar taking on Mateus Mendonca. Yeah, like, <laughs> Manansas has, has had a pretty rough run in the UFC. He got Bash Rat and then Nate Manass. Um, Aguilar's had, I mean, he, get, he got choked out by Tyra, but whatever. Uh, then they gave him a cupcake fight in Shannon Ross, and, and he did what you're supposed to do against Shannon Ross. Um, Madonka seems like he's the better guy. Um, just has had a bit of a rougher run in the UFC. Uh, I don't think I'm going to bet either of these guys are still both fairly young uh, and probably getting better at, at different rates. Um, so I will just pass, but I'll, uh, I'll pick Madonka. Um, yeah, I think Madonka is actually pretty good. Uh, and Aguilar beat a can and got beat up by a good fighter. Um, I think Mendonca is much closer to Tyra than he is to Shannon Ross. This is kind of a cheap price, uh, minus 128 over at Bet Online. So I think I'm going to end up with a bet on Mendonca here. Uh, I, I don't think Aguilar is much more than just a, a little bit of like submission ability. Like he's got six guillotines or whatever on his record. I don't think that's going to happen here. What he did in the Ross fight is not the way he normally fights or wins fights. Uh, and Mendonca actually has a, a pretty active, diverse game. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bet the little, little favorite at Flyweight and move us along to the Bantamweight division final prelim. Seven prelims on this one, folks. Christian Quinones taking on Jaime Barcelos. Sean. Our buddy Jaime has a bit of, has had a bit of a rough run. Uh, he's been fighting some very, very good fighters, uh, but he is is not been 
getting uh, the the better side of of most of those fighters. Um, he is, you know, thirty. What's he pushing? Thirty six now, turning thirty seven in May. That's always concerning. It at the lower weight classes, I don't think Christian Canones is that good. Kung Hong Kang smoked him. Rowney should probably be able to get takedowns um, and kind of grind him out. Um, it is it is a bit tough to to back uh, Howney at at this day and age uh, at close to a, a two to one favorite. Over one and a half is like minus one seventy five at Bovada. Um, I, I haven't looked if if Bet three six five is around that price. I I kind of like that. Um, Marcellus has shown for the most part he's he's pretty tough, uh, except against you know extremely extremely good fighters. Uh, and for the most part, he's he's not been too much of a finisher. Uh, so I, I probably will side with putting the the over one and a half if it's a, a decent price and a, and a parlay. But the the pick will be Rowney to to grind out and and maybe get a late finish. Yeah, I think uh, I'm willing to lose money on Rowney again. Howney, sorry, one last time. This is. A massive step down in competition for him. Um, I don't necessarily know that that means he's going to look great because sometimes he fought down to his competition anyway. But Kinones has a little bit of danger that he poses on the feet. Uh, obviously, he was able to, to crack uh, Kang before they just started exchanging and turned into chaos in that fight. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be able to have the same success against Hayoni. So, yeah, should be takedowns and should be easy. But we've said that about Barcelo's fights for the past decade and a half at this point, and he never makes it as easy as as he should. So it's probably going to be a, a little bit pucker worthy. But I'm going to throw Barcelo at minus one ninety or whatever the uh, the best prices I can match up with uh, on my my other spots on the board. Um, so there will be a, a two-legger kicking it off with Howie Barcelos. Main card, lightweight division, Manuel Torres, Chris Duncan. Do you think that they will be cheering on the Scott in this fight like they will when Bearjew fights the boring guy. I kind of think they're going to take the guy from Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico. That's very Mexican. You can't, can't be more Mexican than that. Yeah. Um, over one and a half is like plus one plus one sixty five. That's a wild number to me uh, in a lightweight fight. I completely understand. Manuel Torres has been, has fought 16 times. He went to decision one time in those fights. All other fights, all 15 of them, were finished in the first round. Two losses and 13 wins all finished in the first round. Um, who are those people? While well, we're talking in the UFC, Nicholas Mota and Frank Camacho. Uh, and then on the regional scene, who the fuck knows? Uh, Chris Duncan, he, he had a bunch of first round finishes against very, very weak competition early in his career. 
as of late, he's been to decision three out of four times, uh, with all four of those being wins. I think if Duncan is smart, he tries to take down Torres and grind him out. I think if he does that, he will have success, and this fight will go over one and a half. So I'll be taking over one and a half, and I'll be taking Chris Duncan in Toutmaster. Torres has some great names on his resume, though. Like Carlos Ganyada. Ganyada. Ganyada, not Canada. Ganyada. Yeah. Uh, And Carlos Calvo Calvo. Yeah. I feel like that guy could have some great nicknames. Um, But, well, he was 6-0 at the time that they fought. That moved him to 7-0. And he's lost all three fights since. So I don't think we're going to see Carlos Calvo Calvo in the UFC anytime soon, sadly. Um, I kind of agree with Sean on this one. I I think that Duncan should be the much more well-rounded fighter. The way that like he got rocked and then ended up knocking the guy out on contender series makes me think that there's a very good chance that he just gets rocked and slept early in this one. But I don't think that Torres is better than than Duncan. Um, and eventually these guys just have fights where they turn into an actual fight. It's not just over when the first guy lands the first thing. So, yeah, I, I think I might be willing to take a shot on, what did you say it was, plus 160? 165 at some spots? I think I might be able to take that shot in place of some fatties. There would have been some glorious fatties on this card. We can take some lightweights at over one and a half. I'll, I'll hop on that train with you. Probably take Chris Duncan when it comes to Toutmaster. Women's strawweight division, Yasmin Haraguay. Taking on Sam Hughes. Sam Page, if you will. Sean? This line has probably got a little out of whack. Um, open minus 300. Now it's minus, you know, five, six, hundred. <laughs> like, uh, I know Page Sam Page is, time, isn't it? Sam Page is not good. We, I understand that. But Horgui probably shouldn't be minus 600 against anybody. Um, she got touched up by, by Nunez in that fight before she got the finish. Denise Gomes just literally shut her out and finished her in 20 seconds. Sam Page cannot do that. It's, it's not, we're not going to have to worry about that. But I do think Sam Hughes can, can probably get some takedowns and, and grind and tire out. And then who knows what the fuck's going to happen. Um, I might take a look at, at Hughes, like plus three and a half. We'll see what the, the price on that is. I mean, over two and a half is like minus 200. So it, they, they expect this to go to decision. Could Hughes win at least one round on all three judges? three of the judges scorecards. I think so. I might be sprinkling on uh, her straight up and I might have a small bet on, uh, on her plus three and a half. Um, yeah, this is, this is auto bet territory. Uh, it's going to go sandpage. It's gotta be at this price. Uh, this is almost in, Women's MMA, this is getting to banana peel price. 
Uh, you've got somebody who isn't good as a big favorite over somebody else who isn't good. Uh, and it's just who is more not good on this particular day. Could be anybody's guess. Uh, Sam Page by decision, plus 650 out there. Um, that, that might be a, a little intriguing. Maybe dip into some some split props on this one. Uh, those those could have a little bit to them, but yeah, like I, I've seen Yadmin fight a couple times, and she's not good enough to be minus five hundred, like ever. I think questionable. Uh, anyway, bantamweight division. Raul Rosas Jr. Sorry, Raul Rosas Jr. Um, translates to Son of Leno. When you say it in English, taking on Ricky Tercios. Sean. Jay Leno's uh, Mexican love child probably gets it done here. Uh, you guys uh, cashed in on, on the correct fade against him. Uh I've wasted some money fading him against absolutely atrocious fighters. Ricky Tercios can be taken down by a, a light breeze. Uh, I, I think Paul Rosas. Not, not even stiff. We're talking light. Uh, so I think Rosas Jr. gets takedowns and, and probably snatches up a choke. Um, we definitely can fade this guy. This is just not the, not the matchup that, uh, should be the, the the go-to here because Tercios is terrible and it kind of plays into Rosas Jr.'s skills. So this is not the one. Yeah, this is the, uh, the guy I'm going to have to look for the other best price on when it comes to pairing with Jaime Barcelos because uh, I like Rosas to, to get it done here. I think he's back into a spot where even if he starts to get a little bit tired or can't get the finish right away, he can just sort of physically dominate Tercios, um, which he wasn't able to do against Christian Rodriguez. And I think until he matures a bit more as a fighter, that's going to be a key to his game and should let him get it done. I think he finds a sub early in this one or like uh, dominant position, ground and pound TKO, something like that. Uh, but I don't think that's his only way to win. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll go with uh, with Rosas Jr. Um, even I sometimes forget that he did have a lot of success in that Christian Rodriguez fight. It's just you know gassed and and faced gassed. a well-rounded fighter who usually misses weights at 135 and is a pretty big dude that he couldn't just bowl over. Lightweight division. Ooh, we've got Argentinian Dober on this card. Yeah. Taking on Daniel Zellhuber. Um, this kid's the, uh, the German transplant, I think. You know, when uh, when they're doing the, it's the hunting for Hitler shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kidding, folks. Uh, but anyway, hyped up, terrible UFC debut. And then he's looked better each time out there since then. I may have uh, once upon a time 
had him as my breakout fighter of the year and then completely jumped off the bandwagon when he had that shit show performance against Trey Ogden. Um, maybe at some point we'll get back on. Sean? Prado opened like plus 350. That got absolutely smoked. Um, congrats to whoever got that number. Um, I still think the price is a bit high. Um Otto is obviously a, a pretty damn good finisher when it when it comes to you know guys on the regional scene and some mediocre UFC guys. Um, I never really thought much of Zell Huber. He's obviously got a fuck ton of length at this height, seventy seven inch reach uh, at at lightweight. Um, I think this could be a, a close matchup. I'll be interested to see if if Prado goes for some takedowns. Uh, test Zellhuber on the ground, on the feet. We'll see if Zellhuber can can use that length. It he did fairly well in in the last couple of fights, but um, Prado's violent man, and I'll uh, I might be taking just like a half unit shot on on Prado to see if Zellhuber is kind of the guy that you know Trey Gogden was be able was able to beat or. Is he kind of, you know, an up and comer that is going to be able to use that length advantage that he has against pretty much everybody in this weight class? Yeah, um, I do think that the price is a bit high based on, I don't even think I bet him against Ogden in that fight. Um, but just like watching that performance, it puts that seated out in your mind. Uh, I with Prado, I can't remember. Uh, Otman is the bag man, and then Abu is the one that took the stuff that's in the bag man to make him actually like good, right? I believe so. Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure that that I got that correct. Um, yeah, Prado is facing very bad level of competition throughout his career, uh, and then lost to Jamie Malarkey the first time he fought somebody real and then beat the bag man, um, which I'm not sure how much that counts. I just think they're, they're trying to like, obviously with the placement on the card, they're trying to make Zell Huber look good here. Yep. Trying to have him join that contingent of Mexican stars. And I think they probably booked him against the right guy for this one. So we'll say Zell Huber gets the win. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to find a ton to bet here. Um, yeah, even the overs, just like even money. Prado's super tough. So, yeah, don't uh, don't love much of anything in that one. But Zell Huber will be the pick. Co-main event. I told you, we got two excellent fights on this card, folks. This is the first one of them. Featherweight division. Former, this guy was a former interim champ, something like that, probably, fake champ. Uh, but two guys that have fought for the title, Yair Rodriguez and Brian Ortega. So I was on Yair uh, in in the fight against Ortega in, in 2022. Um, obviously, that, that had some luck and kind of went my way there. Uh, probably used up my luck in 2022, and it was just absolutely vacuumed out for 2023. Uh, it's the way she goes. Um, I think if you can get either of these guys at 
decent plus money. I think you take it. This is a close fight between two pretty talented guys. Um, I don't know how much we can take from the first fight. Um, or take went for five takedowns allegedly in four minutes. Uh, had some control time and then obviously got his arm stuck uh, where it shouldn't have been. And yeah, he took advantage. Um, I know there's probably some concern uh, with Ortega hasn't fought since that fight. Basically a, a year and a over a year and a half. Ortega's just kind of a guy that doesn't really fight that often and still kind of shows up pretty good. He took almost two years off after that ass beaten from Holloway and he smoked Chan Sung Jung. Um, so I'm not as concerned as other, with some other guys that have layoffs. Ortega seems to just be able to fight. Um, this should be a fun matchup. I, I think it's very close. Uh, I was able to get plus 140 on, on Ortega. That number keeps kind of coming down, coming down. He actually opened minus 150, and that got absolutely smoked the other way. Uh, and then now it's just kind of been slowly creeping down, getting closer, closer to even money. Um, close fight. I think Ortega has the grappling advantage, uh, obviously. And yeah, he has the striking advantage. But uh, we've seen you know, we've seen Ortega actually have some decent striking at times. Um so I think I think his grappling is is going to be enough in this fight, uh, and he'll be able to survive on the feet. Yeah, I kind of like Ortega here as well. Um, I don't feel great about it. Um, I'm not sure that he could have sustained the grappling pace that he started the the last fight with, but I don't think he needs to either. Um, obviously, as as Sean said. Um, you know, just deep, deep analysis. Uh, Yair's the better striker and Ortega's the better grappler. Um, Leak. Uh, Mind-blowing mind stuff. Uh, but I think that the gap on the ground, despite how the last fight went, uh, is a little bit bigger than the gap on the feet. Uh, we've seen Ortega take several ass beatings from uh, better strikers on the feet, but he always gets his licks in uh, as well. And I think that's probably going to be the case here. And I don't even know that I want to look at inside or anything like that for Ortega, which is usually kind of the spot you would look for with him just because Yair is damn tough. And the sub prop itself is less than half of what the TKO prop is. So I don't really want to go in that direction. So I think I might just end up with a, a straight bet on Ortega, uh, even though I think to win that bet, it'll probably have to be a finish. Uh, I just have a difficult time picking exactly how he gets that done. Main event. Flyweight division. I almost said flyweight title, because like this could be a title fight. Both these guys very recently fought for the title. Um much like Yair and Ortega. Brandon Moreno. Raw dog. Brandon Royval. Uh, we are not going to make the joke that I think a Brandon is going to win this fight. <laughs> um, Sean, you can break it down. 
it's the first time in six fights that Moreno isn't fighting uh, for a belt. So uh, is, I guess that, that can confuse some people. Um, I was on Wait, is, He doesn't have a rematch against uh, Figgy again? What's going on here? I know. That was, that was so weird with how many times they fought. It's, I don't know if it really helped either of those guys <laughs> the amount of times it, they fought each other broke the UFC as well because now like Volk just got knocked out in ridiculous fashion like flat stiff as a board and people were like oh should he get an immediate rematch like I get that he's a great champ but let's let's cool our shit with the immediate rematches every time a champ loses their belt yeah let's breathe I know they have content to churn out, but let's 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 let these matchups breathe a bit. Um, but yeah, I was on Raw Dog in, in the first fight. Was interested to see how that was going to play out. Um, then obviously the the injury happened, and then we find out that supposedly it was a common thing. That is a bit worrying. <laughs> that um, supposedly that's a a thing that happens to him every once in a while. Obviously hasn't happened to him in the the bunch of fights since then. Um, but of course, I guess that kind of always has to be in the back of our brains that it's a possibility. Um, this, this number seems a bit wide on on Moreno. Like, I, I understand, of course, he, he got the first round finish in, in that first fight. Uh, he was able to take down Raw Dog uh, and an injury happened. Um, now, we haven't really seen much of an improvement from... Uh, Rival's takedown defense. Antojo was able to to smother him for for three rounds. When he wasn't able to, Royval had a lot of ex- success. I'm interested to see if if Moreno can have that much success. I don't think he will. Uh, I think he will get takedowns. He will have some top control, but I don't think he's going to be able to replicate what Pantoja is did. And then when it's on the feet, Royval is is awesome he's chaos he throws wild shit and um i'm i'm very interested to see you know moreno's chin has been checked a, a couple times and and Roy Val has some some good power so um five round fight is is perfect for Roy Val. it gives him a lot of opportunities um if he does get laid on for you know, a little bit of time in, in each round to, to get some damage. Um, but yeah, like plus 245, plus 250, like Roy Val is, is too good to be that big of an underdog, uh, even with the first matchup going how it did. Um, if he gets laid on for five rounds, it is what it is. I'll, I'll take my licks, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Reno has good grappling, but I don't think he has smothering hold down grappling like Pantoja does. Yeah, I think Royval's also got a little bit more urgency to not just let guys lay on him anymore. Um, That first fight was basically three and a half years ago. I think that Royval's probably improved more since then. Um, So much of Moreno's time since then has just been like, tunnel vision on Figgy and the first Figgy fight and then the second Figgy fight and then the third Figgy fight and then the fourth Figgy fight. Like 
I don't know how much he was improving anything that didn't have to do with beating the guy that he constantly fought for like three straight years. Um, whereas Roy Vap has looked much better in, in all of his fights since then. Um, even though he lost the, the first Pantoja, well, he lost both the Pantoja fights. Um, but even the first one, in the second round of that fight, it looked like he was starting to turn the tide a little bit, and Pantoja just managed to hop on his bike back uh, and, and get the choke in. And then obviously, they just fought, and Pantoja went to the grappling a whole lot more, was never able to like lock in that same fight-ending position, even though he had chances on his back a couple times. So you've seen a lot of progression from Roy Val. In their first fight, he threw just a ridiculous pace at Moreno on the feet and Moreno did not like it at all. Um, It it almost looked like a little bit of panic wrestling in in that one, uh, which eventually worked out in his favor. But I think if we get 25 minutes uh, of these dudes and of Roy Val just constantly putting that pressure on Moreno, I think Moreno's been through more with the fights that he's been in in the past five, six, however many years he's been fighting at the, the upper echelon of flyweight than Roy Val has. And if this turns into a war, he's going to be the one that starts breaking down a little bit before Roy Val does. So I'm going to have a bet on the raw dog. Um, Moneyline plus 245 is the best out there. That is going to be the consensus bet of the week. Uh, I'm also going to bet Roy Val in a couple different ways. Uh, I'm going to take the round three, four, five props. Those are 22, 25, and 29, I think, were the, the best prices that I saw, which are absurd to me in this spot. Um, and I think I might throw a whatever I can on Raw Dog decision no bet Um, because I think he's more likely to get the finish here Uh, obviously Moreno finished him last time that is probably how he would have to finish him again because I don't see him getting Royval out of there he's not going to sub him and I don't see him knocking Royval out so I like Royval in quite a few different ways and we agree So that is the consensus. And that's going to do it for this week's MMA analysis. Almost kept it under an hour. So close. Did our best. We had some good fights to to recap at the start. So I'll I'll give us the the six-minute grace period. Uh, Sean, before we go, anything you want to talk about from this PFL Bellator card? It almost looks like an interesting card paper that's a pay-per-view sir (laughs) Uh, yeah it's kind of it's kind of fallen into shambles uh you know you the the matchup between pitbull and nato was gonna be fun um eblin's fighting kasangane which was kind of a a wipeout i wish they had a better fighter for eblin to fight um, I see yeah, Ray it's... Cooper already missed weight for his fight. Oh, perfect. Yeah. They've got it marked at uh, 182. Perfect. 
Yeah, it's uh it's a hell of a start for the old PFL Bellator collaboration. Um, we'll probably I'm get not, some sacrifices. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure I fully understand what the the vision is here, but no one does. Um maybe if the idea is that the UFC is going to lose this lawsuit to the fighters then there's going to be guys that start going to different places and they might be the first that can benefit from some of that. Um, but it's probably going to be the same story that it always is where it's more of the cast offs going there and the occasional like young prospect building his way up, becoming a champ and then eventually making it over to the UFC. But, Oh, well, um, Aaron Pico is always fun to watch. AJ McKee's, Usually fun to watch, but he's fighting Clay Collard, who's always fun to watch. Yolo and Tiago Santos could be the greatest fight in MMA history, or they could throw three punches over the course of 15 minutes, which is probably the more likely version of that. Um, Claressa Shields, I'm going to bet on Casey DeSantis against Claressa Shields. Um, Ron DeSantis's wife for, mm. for the win. Um, and I'm surprised Lance didn't show back up because main event over in Saudi Arabia, his boy, Ryan Bader, you know, he's the, the biggest Bader and Saudi fan that there is. So (laughs) shame on you for missing this one, Lance. Yeah. Um, on that note, we have an absolutely atrocious UFC card next week, so We'll probably hmm. rip through this one and rip through that one, and it should be another quick show next week. Um, let's get this junk out of the way and get us on to two ninety nine, where it's an absolute stack car. Oh, the one next week. Uh, I remember when they were like, "Eh, fuck it, that's the main event." This is yeah. shitty, and they're also like, "Eh, fuck it." You, uh, the Saudis are like, "That's too shitty of a card." We're not paying for that. <laughs> Put that shit in the apex with Rosenstruck and Gaziev headlining. Incredible. In... Fatties. Five round fatties. What's the supercalifragilistic fatties on that one? See what the decision price is there. Um, but we'll get out of here for now, folks. Thank you for joining us. We had a good time tonight. Good luck on your bets this coming weekend.